Good afternoon. Uh, well, good night. Uh, welcome to Loud and Proud Orlando. Uh, we're live. It's Monday, April the 3rd, 8.36 p.m. Thank you so much for being live with us. Uh, a lot to talk about today. Uh, before we start, uh, we, we want to thank you for your support. Uh, make sure to drop us a thumbs up if you're live. Uh, leave us your comments, uh, your insights. Uh, we'll read all of them. And then also, uh, if you're listening to this on audio form uh, thank you so much for your support and uh you know make sure to check us out on all our social media outlets uh, we're on instagram on youtube on facebook and on twitter as lpo underscore podcast so thank you so much for your support um quite an eventful couple of days uh for me uh i will have to say uh, i guess for the whole orlando city fan base uh but mainly for me because i had to do the back-to-back you know, we did the Orlando City on Saturday and then the Pride on, on Sunday. Uh, and uh, two L's, right? Uh, two L's. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, people people is like, you know, why are you laughing? It's just because, I mean, some of the reactions have been hilarious uh, online. But uh, definitely we're going to analyze uh, the loss, home loss uh, against Nashville. And then uh, we're going to definitely analyze also the pride. You know, they lost uh, at the death against um, a tough opponent like Angel City. So we'll discuss that later on as well. And we'll touch a little bit about, um, you know, what's going on with the fan base. You know, it's very divided. And also we're going to talk about uh, Inchi, uh, Inchi coming up. So um, b- before before we go with your comments, how are you, uh, John? Good evening, huh? Yeah, I mean it was a it was a zero point weekend, so that was you know from the OC and the Honda Pride perspective. So yeah, it was uh, two games and two losses, but it was good to go for the Pride opener. I'm glad I went. Uh, The city game um, was a dugout fest, so that was a disappointment. But I think everybody could agree on that. Whether you are, you know, one of the opinion or another, we can all agree it was not a great game. No, it was definitely not a good game. Uh, I'm going to definitely start uh, by thanking uh, 181 Creative for all the pictures. I'm going to go ahead and make sure to put them on, put them on right now. Um, you know, a very eventful night. 20,000 people in attendance. Uh, it kind of hurts us a lot. Uh, it, it, handicaps, it handicaps us in a way as a fan base. Um, you know, if you want you know, people to come to your stadium and, and you lose. I mean, n- not to say Nashville is a tough opponent. We've always had a, a, a tough time beating Nashville. Uh, and it seems like Orlando City is doing everything backwards, right? It seems like Orlando City is winning away, right? Uh, with, you know, without a shadow of a doubt, great performances away with less... Um, with more uh, freedom, I'll say, you know, the players feel like more at home away than, than at home, right? And that's saying something, right? In my opinion, it's saying something. Maybe they're reading the tweets, like I was saying the past two shows. Maybe, I but mean, again. I think it's bad, regardless, right? Why right, it's happening doesn't right, matter. It, it shouldn't yeah, be happening. It shouldn't be happening. And, it, yeah. and me- mentally, they have to be prepared for this, too. I mean, they're professional soccer players. So, um, but 20,000 people in attendance at this game. He beat the game, uh, the last home game. The last home, it was about 18,000. This is too, 
2,000 more, but it's 2,000 more, right, against Nashville. And uh, unfortunately, it was a loss, you know. Uh, and, uh, I mean, I'm just going to start. Uh, the lack of finishing for Orlando, it's, it's becoming a recurrence and it's becoming bad. Um, you know, they came out with, uh, with, with the eagerness to control the, the tempo of the game, control the possession, uh, and unfortunately, you know, Jensen had an epic turnover in the beginning of the of the game, and you know, it just it just cost to turn over the ball so much in the mid, just costs so much because Nashville is such a dynamic team in transition. You cannot, um, you know, just by himself, Hani Mukhtar destroyed our defense yet again, and so in the twenty eighth minute, Nashville scored. Um, Fafa Picolt, Fafa Picolt, right? Um, His first goal for them, by the way. Yep, first, yep, first goal. And uh, I just, I just feel like you know, Orlando, it's, it's not really capitalizing on the chances they create, and uh, that's gonna definitely gonna bite us. Uh, Nashville, uh, it was a two, two nil win, um, well deserved win by Nashville. But against a better opponent than Nashville, that could have that could have ended up as a four nil loss. Uh, and and psychologically, having that big of a margin loss at home would have been catastrophic, even worse than what we've seen online the past couple of hours. Um, so, what does Orlando have to do? Uh, I think it's up to Coach Pareja to definitely. Uh, you know, talk to his uh, players. I mean, they seem very disappointed. Uh, I, I, I don't doubt it. I saw it at the press conference. But if ADM broke, don't fix it. That's what it says, right? So I think they, I think Pareja tried to do that. He tried to uh, put the same lineup as Philly. But I don't think it worked very well for him. Uh, I don't know. What were your thoughts, uh, initial thoughts about this game, uh, John? Yeah, I think you said it exactly right. The main essence of it is that we we look like Arsenal under Arsene Wenger. Do you remember that? You know, yeah. uh, where they just had the ball all the time, but they yeah, just possession. didn't really ever penetrate like into the box and like really make any decent. Like we had almost zero, you know, uh, clear cut chances or what you would call big chances. Right there was. There was nothing that was an easy, like, okay, we played a guy through and he had a clear shot on goal. Like, everything, we had 18 total shots and, like, only six of them are on target. So, we're just hitting from a bunch of areas and not really affecting, not doing anything to actually intentionally put the goal ball in the back of the net. I feel like we get to that final third and the game plan runs out. Right, I don't understand what we're trying to do in the final third, and if I can't read that, you know, as someone who understands soccer fairly well, I think a lot of other people can also see that we don't really know what we're doing when we get to the final third, and it it showed in this game really badly because we had so much of the ball, and we were able to get to the, you know, end of the field. We were able to get into the box or around the box, but we couldn't put the ball in the back of the net because we just don't have that in us at the moment to be clinical. And that's what Nashville were, you know, they were clinical. They had very few chances. They played on the counterattack and they took their chances and we had a whole bunch and we didn't really do anything with the ball. So 
that's how you end up with a 2-0 loss at home against a team like Nashville. We played exactly into their hands, and we kind of fell into our own trap in a lot of ways, where we love to have the ball, but we just don't really do anything with it. And Nashville do when they have the ball, and that's how you end up with that result. Yeah, I mean, um, I'm going to say this. Uh, I cannot see the the actual starting 11. It look, looks too slow. Hold on. Let me too small right here. Hold on. Let me. There you go. That's much better. Um, yeah, right there. Okay. So um, I think uh, it was um, usually our strongest point is our right back and left backs. Uh, the past few wins. This game, uh, Petrasso and Smith were where I, I believe they attempted to be defensive minded uh, when uh, Nashville tried to attack um, and they did not go forward. And then when you trace back Pereira at some point, Pereira ended up playing his eighth position again. And that to me meant that you're going to give the job to create now to Ojeda and maybe Van Angulo. And then they had, in my opinion, uh, better defenders that we did. As we mentioned in the preview, Shaq Moore, uh, Lovitz, and uh, Walker Zimmerman, they they were non-existent. Um, they were non-existent. Uh, the buck stopped there. And then, and also a great game by Godoy, which is like their Cesar Araujo, right? And uh, that was another thing. Um, Felipe Martins was playing at, in Araujo's position, and Martins was playing, and Araujo was playing in Martins' position. And uh, that should have been flipped, in, in my opinion. Um, I, I don't know if it was the game for Martins. Uh, I think w maybe would have been better to see Cartagena and Araujo uh, at the six. And maybe Pereira has attend the whole 90 minutes. Uh, but, I mean, to me, John, the attack is, I mean, the finishing touch is non-existent. I mean we don't have a goal scorer. I mean, before beforehand, you had Nani that would create a genius play by himself, not following the script, right? Not following the script, and he will give you a shot from distance that will hit the crossbar, and then you had Tesho diving in or DK diving in. You would have a, you know, a, a lopped pass, you know, uh, to the death, you know, a free kick, a penalty shot, a creation of a penalty kick. Um, this time, Enrique, we didn't see Duncan. Uh, we barely saw Duncan Maguire. And then Kara uh, injured. Um, we, we don't have, we, I mean, Ramiro Enrique, and it's not his fault. Ramiro Enrique is not the type of uh, striker that's going to create his own play. He's not Slatin Ibrahimovic. He's not. Right, he he's not even uh, uh, Robin Van Persie in his better days. He's just a kid that just came to the league, is adapting very fast and very well, very talented, but he's just trying to find his place. And I feel he plays more defensive minded to the point that it becomes another midfielder, in my opinion, at some points of the game, and you can barely see him. And plus, when you have two center backs the size of Maher and Zimmerman. It was tough for him. I don't know what were your thoughts regarding the attack. Yeah, I mean, I, I think there is an argument there to be said about Enrique's size versus, you know, Mayer and Zimmerman. But we were talking before that, you know, we wanted to use his pace 
And that's something that we didn't really ever do. We didn't ever get in behind Nashville. Like we never saw balls really like over the top. Everything was in front of them and easy because they play that way where they sit back. And so in that situation, you're not really able to use Enrique's pace. And so maybe you would have more effect from somebody like Enrique Acara, who's a bit more physical. Um, I was a little bit disappointed with how long it took to bring, you know, the subs on. Like Faku comes on at the half. I don't really think that changed much, to be honest. I think we have anything we look less, you know, creative with Faku on the field. And then you wait until the 78th minute to bring on Duncan McGuire and Gaston Gonzalez, but we're 2-0 down at that point. And then the one that really hurt, I think, is Dagger Dan's not coming on until the, you know, 82nd minute, right? So when we're clearly having problems in the midfields, I think one of the big frustrations we have with Oscar is he doesn't, react fast enough when things aren't going to the game plan and this game plan against nashville should be something we've locked down over the years we've played them enough right Patty Mokhtar has done this to us enough so we should know how to beat nashville at home now and it's not doing what we did where you just hold on to the ball and don't attack fast enough and let them win the ball on the counter and come back up the other end like how many times have that they've done that to us they did it into the playoffs where we have to go watch them and they knock this out. Like Oscar has to learn that that's not how you play Nashville because this is what happens, right? So there needs to be a change and a reaction from him. And those subs late, I think, plays into that as well, where we're not seeing plan B, right? When plan A is not working, plan B needs to come into effect quicker. And we didn't see that in this game. Yeah, I want to thank Orlando City Communications for the footage. Um, this is the B-roll um, that was sent to media. I'm going to mute it. Uh, we don't need the audio because we can comment on it. Hold on. Um, so so Martin Ojeda, I mean, I think he, he tried to have a good performance just like he did with Philly. Uh, I feel like... He just, I mean, again, the the defense of Nashville, which was faster, quicker, stronger, just like the song, stronger, faster, quicker. It, it was, it was just, it was just. Uh, they knew where to where to get him. Like, like, look at that. You saw, you saw that. You see, they're trying to do a a cross to it, Ramiro Enrique, with two towers in front of him. You know, it's just impossible. You, you gotta play with Mauricio. Uh, Play, uh, you know, try to pass it, you know, do some some short passing, right? That's that that'll be better. Angulo also had a tough time, as you can see, with Hani Mukhtar. Hani Mukhtar was one of his best games of the season so far. And then Dagger Dan, um, Dagger Dan didn't came didn't come into late. And then if you saw this play right here, Duncan Maguire, just his physicality right here. Look. Uh, well, this is Mauricio with uh, Hani Mukta that had a good game too. But right here, I just when he comes in, um, Duncan McGuire holds off Zimmerman. <laughs> like, like right here, look. Um, look how he holds off Zimmerman. Like he holds off Zimmerman and just like passes it back. Now the thing is, because he passes it back because he doesn't have anyone forward. So at that point, your wings have to go and move forward. So he's able to pass it to his wings. Uh, unfortunately, he, he's forced to pass it backwards. And that's what people saw and pass it to Mauricio. Mauricio is pretty much the playmaker. And then, you know, 
that was a good shot from Martin Ojeda, shot from distance. But unfortunately, it wasn't enough for the Lions. Uh, right there, there's another chance for Duncan. That was that a big chance, that one yeah. there. But he, he almost, like the goalkeeper, saves it just with his hands almost out of luck. So that, that was yeah, but yeah, cool. yeah, but, but, but I mean, we, we cannot get mad at him over this. Oh, no, not at all. all right. no, look I, at that. Like, look at he, that. He does I mean, really well. I'm saying that he was close yeah. to scoring. He's just unlucky, really. I see that we need to know. I don't know. I mean, we need to know who we're playing against, too, and maybe set up our lineup that way. Because this, based on what we saw at this game, in my opinion, I believe that it probably would have been Duncan's game, you know? Because uh, the physicality of the center backs, you could see them. I mean, they're they're physical center backs, and uh, you're gonna put uh, little Ramiro there, you know, uh, to jump high. It's just not gonna work, uh, John. I think that applies to Dagger Dan too, right? So like he's yeah. he's much more of an athletic, more physical center midfielder, right? So why is he waiting so long to bring him into the game when he can come in and actually hustle? That's what Nashville do. They hustle. And the other thing they do and they know about us is that we don't really have much pace in that back line. And that first goal that scored, yes, the ball's rolling. We all saw that. But the reason it scored is because the guy, Pico, I can't say his name right, he's got so much pace, he just runs straight in behind. And we can't keep up with him. Our back line, you know, we're not the fastest in our defensive back line. So people, when they throw in balls in behind, it causes real problems for that. Nashville know that, and that totally plays into their counterattacking style. And both goals are caused from them quickly throwing the ball in behind our center backs and us running behind backwards to scramble to try and clear it. We're not able, and they're able to get the goal. Now, now I do believe, and I'm going to say this with a lot of honesty, without, and, and I know Profe listens to the show, and I know, you know, we're not here to, you know, drop you with a pile driver like like in like in wrestlemania we're not going to do that sir what we're going to do here is just analyze the game but i believe that facundo torres is a 13 million dollar man should should, should have played the game i mean what he should have i mean and, and you know i understand if aiden broke don't fix it totally understand but i think obviously when he came in uh i could definitely feel and i was at the press box he was a little salty about that. He just, he just, you know, you know what I mean? Losing his spot to Ojeda, the newcomer, right? Well, and I then, thought it, it was interesting that when he did come in, Ojeda got moved over to the left wing. So right. he, this power struggle for who gets to play right, right wing is going on, right? And like Ojeda, last game against Philly, looked really good from that right wing role. He starts again today in that right wing role. And then... Um, Torres comes on and he has to move over to that left-hand wing because Torres wants to play on the right-hand wing. So I think they're, they don't – I'm not sure Oscar knows where he wants to play these guys yet. And that's clear to me in the sense that he keeps shuffling them around every game. And, you know, yeah. we started out with Ojeda playing as the center attacking midfielder. Was that the original plan for the season? And he's changed his mind. If that was the original plan, then Faku was always supposed to play on the right wing, right? So now maybe he said, okay, I can't really play Ojeda in the center of the I want to put Pereira back in there. Now he's trying to figure out, okay, where does Ojeda go? Where does Torres go? I, I, I think that's, again, 
a problem Oscar has is it's not clear to me what our starting lineup is and what our starting roles of the guys in the starting lineup is. And there's some confusion. I think the players are confused as well. I think that's I think evident the, in the fact that we can't attack very well. Yeah, I mean, the players, and this is what I noticed being there, um, I feel <laughs> that they're getting used to play with, some of them are getting used to play with, they already are completely used to play with Facundo. So now that you're bringing up, Martin, it's, you know, some of them is going to take time to, to mesh well. But I think the problem here uh, in this game, in my opinion, was the turnover rate um, in the mid. And uh, also our, our left, left back and our right back, unfortunately. I mean, it was, I mean, it was just, they were there to defend and they did a great job. But it, it, there was no generation on the wings because of that reason. Also because... The, the Nashville's backline was so good neutralizing our wingers. So Ojeda had a few chances. Uh, Angulo definitely, you know, lost the ball many times. So uh, I also think we, we attacked from the wing, right? That was our game plan. It didn't work. And then we just kept trying to do that same thing. Like, and obviously Nashville stopped it the whole game. And you have to change that game plan. You have to try something different. So we made it easy for them to just keep stopping us on the wings, keep stopping our right backs and left backs from getting crosses in. They just defended the outside and, you know, packed bodies in the middle of the park. And we didn't change our game plan to, you know, change in order to cause them problems. We just kept playing into their hands. Now, uh, I'm going to go ahead and uh, play the, some of the, the comments that, the, uh, that we have right here right now. Let's see. Uh... Tyler Kink. Oh, this might get spicy. How are you doing, sir? Thomas Dupree. OC Twitter is not a great place right now. It's never a great place. Yeah, unfortunately. Uh, Al Negron. Can we win at home? That's a good question. That's right. Vine a dejar mi like y dar una vista más. Thank you so much, Marco Antonio. Appreciate it. Crazy Mush. Counterpoint. OC Twitter is lit. I love drama. I think uh, I, I, I beg to differ there. Uh, that's just my opinion. Uh, Serge Nash, good evening. Do you think Maguire uh, came in late with Enrique bouncing off uh, like a ping pong ball <laughs> of six six foot six defenders? He would work better up top with size, right? That's what we're saying, right? I think he's yeah, so right. I think we addressed so right. that one. We we agree with you there, Serge. Yeah, Al Negro. No, we stopped creating with Mauro. Was dropped back from the ten. That's right. I I totally agree with that. Totally agree with that. Tyler Kink, it's so sad to see so much firepower and still not finished. That's right. It's like, it reminds me of uh, Barcelona uh, last season. 450 touches, one half. Like, 350 touches in second half, they lost 2-0. <laughs> if, if you play like, tiki-taka soccer where you just you can't do it that. around, you actually you have to eventually pass it. Sorry, you, the goal you, 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 you can't do that. You, can't you need to learn how to play like this game. team. You don't learn how to play like this team, maybe. You know what I mean? A little bit more vertical, you know, <laughs> a little bit more, you know. Um, having a left back like uh, like uh, Alfonso Davis, right? I mean, Serge Nash, I can switch to STM away games option now, please. <laughs> oh, geez. Jeffrey. Apple uh, TV deal, so you can just watch all the away games. You know? Yeah, people you are complaining about Apple TV as well. Uh, I was, I was well. seeing stuff about, yeah. 
Jeffrey O, saludos. I would like to see Gaston over Angulo on the left wing. And Angulo will be our, 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 our right back or left back. Uh, to be honest, Gaston Pereira Ojeda. Facu doesn't seem to like his new teammates as well. Um, I just, I, I don't know. I just feel like, I mean, I've been to the, I mean, I've been to the practices and uh, I mean, they all get along well so well. I mean, uh, you don't, you don't smell any animosity or any like, hey, there's a little group. Here's where Pedro, Pedro's group is. And this is where uh, Facundo's group is. No, 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 no. They're all together. And Oscar definitely tells them, no, you bond, 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 bond with each other. The problem I, I see is what, what, what John points out, the rotation. I think the rotation, we got to find an A and a B squad and just roll with it and uh, make I, them be – play. Think positional is more yeah. important, even more than that, like enough ro position rotation. Like we need to say this is where you're playing, this is your role, this is what you're expected to do out of those attacking roles. Like it's too – who is our 10? If it's, if it's Mauricio – Keep it as Mauricio, right? If it's someone else, get them in there, get them playing the number ten. But when we're constantly changing these guys around, they're they're just not sure. Like, am I supposed to be the one who's running into the box? Am I supposed to be the one making the pass? Am I looking for the runner? Like, it's it's confusing for them. Thomas Dupree says, "Who's available in the coach pool that we could conceivably get if we move on for Papi? You have uh, Thomas Tuchel. Oh wait, never mind. He went to this team. Uh, you have um, Ricardo." Marsh. Yeah, Jesse Marsh, right? Uh, I mean... I mean, he was just a Premier League coach. I mean, you know, yeah, that's, that's got to count for something, right? Yeah, but Leeds, Leeds is like... It's a U.S. men's national team at some point. You know what I mean? Like, even, I mean, even FIFA points out that that's a mistake. When you put too many players from one country, FIFA tells you it, it doesn't work. Well... Whoever it is, it needs to be someone who's a different style from Oscar, right? Like I've had some people who are suggesting, like, "Oh, we want like Jose Mourinho." And I'm like, "No, you just don't replace a defensive coach with another defensive coach. You're gonna end up with the same game." I tell you who. Jorge Sampaoli. Probably haven't heard of him, but he was the coach of OM. He was the coach for Santos. He was the coach for the Chilean national team. Uh, he also won Copa Libertadores. He's won several trophies. I think because of how many Latino players we have, we need to play that way. And I you think it'll be, be able to speak Spanish for sure. Right. Like uh, Miguel, uh, Gallardo from River Plate. He's also without a team, Marcelo Gallardo. But obviously, Marcelo Gallardo, I don't highly doubt he'll come to the MLS, although if the money's right. I mean, he'll come, but he's a hell of a coach. I mean, he won Copa Libertadores back to back. He's 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 up and he played for the Argentina national team. You know, phenomenal coaching career. You know, uh, if you want to go for Brazil, want to go back to the Brazilian flavor, you want to go back and, and remember Flavio Augusto da Silva. Uh, you can get Tite, Brazil's old coach. There you go. You know. <laughs> No, no. Or or we could just get a you know, or just we can keep Oscar for the whole season and uh and you know see 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 where it takes us. I, I I mean I mean the league just started just John, you know, right? I mean I mean yeah, we've lost at home one against eighteen thousand people and so about thirty eight thousand people total. Uh we've lost two two games at home. 
I think that's that's the what people are definitely uh, voicing their opinion, right? I mean, it's 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 not good enough. Yeah, I mean that's a. It's been a very up and down start, and it's been very similar to last year. I think that's yeah. the main frustration, right? You know, people were expecting something different with all the signings we made in the off season. It just seems very more of the same from last year, which is a shame. And here's uh, some of the words from Oscar Pareja. We'll read all your comments right after. All right, Oscar, thank you as always for joining us. Uh, if you could get us started with your opening thoughts on today's match. Uh, disappointed Tom being at home in front of our fans and not getting the result. It's, this is uh, uh, the most uh, painful part. The analysis of the game, I thought we we make a couple mistakes on on, uh, on the defensive phase that uh, that costly really uh, the game in terms to just chasing it all the time and and then the other side and the other box we are not fine you know we're, we were optimistic today because the, 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 we came out from a game that we played very well and today we were not fine in those two areas so Defensively, uh, those two mistakes, and then offensively, we when we had the chance, we we couldn't score. So I still have to be uh, balanced on the analysis, and and not be very passionate just with the result on on our shoulders, and and don't see all those things that we did good in, in the game because we. we we did a bunch of things that were good and correct, and the, the team is getting in there. And then, so I have to talk about it too. So we'll 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 keep growing on those things. But uh, it's obviously I need to uh, I need to see with the group how can we grow those things that we are doing good, and then how can we correct those those others. No, uh, and we'll and we'll stop with uh, with with the audio stuff, with the video. So I want to go ahead and say this, um, obviously, and I'm reading the comments here. Tyler King says, I think Oscar has until the Galaxy match. If we get zero out of the next two, he'll be gone. Right. Let's say that happens. What are we going to do after that? Who are we going to get? Uh, <laughs> right. And are, are we still going to be winning games? Or it's just getting rid of Oscar and then just let's roll with it. The two of the, let, let's see what the water boy can do. This is not this is not Ted Lasso, guys. This is this is real football. This is real soccer. Uh, the water boy cannot be your manager. So w w what are we gonna do? I, I'm just asking you. I mean, I think I think if you are gonna get like. For one, it all depends on the ownership and how right. you know their game plan. Like they're not they're not just randomly making this up. They they had a game plan to invest in the squad. They went ahead and did that, right? Yeah. Oscar has all the tools at his disposal. So he has everything he needs. They will have said, you know, these are your requirements for the season. This is what you need to hit, right? So if it gets to the point in the season where we're doing that badly and it looks like that he's not going to hit that, maybe that's the point where they say, okay, let's make a change now. Or they might just say, all right, we're not going to hit our targets this season. Let's see out the season. And then we'll, you know, make a change in the offseason. We don't know, right? So 
a lot of this sort of you know pressure to get Oscar out or whatever else it doesn't matter. It's 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 on the game plan of the ownership and what they want to do, and that's personally I think it doesn't make any sense to get rid of Oscar unless you have somebody lined right up lined who's up going to be better than Oscar, not like an equivalent or somebody who's worse. Like we want to go up in managers if you're going to get rid of Oscar, like right? Jesse Marsh. Yeah, so there's no there's no benefit in just getting rid of Oscar and having an interim coach and waiting and trying to figure it out and like I we're, agree. we're not hard we're not going to start scrambling and firing <laughs> a guy for no reason. Okay, we're going to Graham Porter. Welcome to Orlando City. <laughs> right. So I hope that these guys, <laughs> you know, the front office and the ownership group are smart enough, the GM, to know, you know, Luis. This is part of the job as well as the players is is manager scouting. So he should have a list somewhere of like these are the guys that we're going to replace if something doesn't, you know, work out with Oscar. Those look, one of those look. on that list should be ready to go if you're going to fire Oscar. If, but if uh, not, uh, uh, then then keep him there for the rest of the season. You know, again, it could. He will know what his requirements are. They will know when that point comes where they would say, we've had enough. It might not come this year. You know, he might end up turning things around. It might come this year. We don't know. Right. I mean, that kind of happens. Like the speculation and everything else is is kind of pointless. Let's be honest. Right. And uh, I want to say this too, and we'll read your comments right now. Uh, Thank you so much. Um, Look, we may... Orlando City fashion, right? We may win the next three. I mean, we're better away from home. Than exactly. Home, first right? of all, so <laughs> foremost, the right, and and we give it to Inchi. We'll talk about that later. And then we will play against DC United, a team that we should beat at home, right? I mean. I think I would. So then you would say that about Charlotte. Exactly. And you, and you could probably that's right. say that about Nashville. So. Ex- exactly. So if we're going so, on record, that's a loss. And I guarantee you for the DC United game, uh, STMs are going to be there for sure. I mean, there's always a support. And I'm not going to doubt on the fan support. But they're going to be less than 20,000 people, I guarantee it, on that game. And then you come against LA Galaxy. And I know that game is definitely going to be in the 20s or 20, 25,000, in my opinion, because I, I know a lot of LA Galaxy that are fans that live in Orlando. So I know for a fact that they're going to be there. Now, Orlando may win the next three and Orlando may lose the next three. But like you said, right, the front office needs to have a, a B plan of, 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 of what's to happen. Also, you know, um, you know, you cannot rush, make a rush decision because then you could deplete your team and then then we will be on Orlando Magic. But one thing that I want to be clear to everyone is this. And if you're listening and if you're watching, thank you so much. Drop us a thumbs up. I wouldn't be happy talking about a loss of, of Orlando City just because I want to be right. Okay, and, and and I've seen this. Like people are actually hopeful that Orlando loses, so their arguments are right, or for whatever sucker analysis they may have. And the whole point is, as Orlando supporters, 
and I include myself also, even though I, I should maybe not not say that because I'm a journalist. But you gotta you gotta be happy when Orlando wins, and in a way, not be the type of person just destroys. This is not Dragon Ball Z. This is not Beerus. You know, here the you know destroyer of the worlds. You don't want complete chaos, right? You have to think your thoughts through. And um, I, I believe that just because you want to be right, you should not be just cracking up. Oh, yeah, we told you. You see, they lost, man. We suck. Like, you know, throw everything away. That's contraproducing. It doesn't help. If anything, for some players that are brand new to Orlando City, some of the newcomers, is going to tell them, yo, are the fans like that? Man. Like, it's going to make him think, like, w w w where I'm at? Where have I come from? So, you know, I'm just going to be completely honest about that. But, again, I think this Nashville game, Orlando, with the firepower that they have, they should have been playing a little better. I, I, I do believe that. Now, it sucked, too, and I'll be honest with you, completely sucked, uh, John, that it wasn't the Seacows night. Because I wanted Orlando to win with the Seacows. With the sea cows, everything was sea cows. It was, it was amazing. Yeah, and that, that's sort of where you know Oscar and the boys are letting the side down, right? I feel like their front office this year has done a lot of really good things to bring the fans back to try and like you know create some excitement. And the sea cows game was just another awesome example of the creativity that's going into a lot of this stuff that they're doing. And the fact that you know it would have been so cool to get a win under the whole excitement of you know, hey, it's a cool sea cows. They decked out the whole stadium. It was like all over the banners and on the scoreboard and you know like we really yeah. predict to something that's cool like that right and then you kind of want to win to nicely tie all that up in a bow <laughs> and it sort of uh just was like oh we're the seagulls who lose at home to nila nashville and i'm sure that the players know that but i also understand the frustration because i've seen the people putting the seagull stuff and how hard they've worked into putting all that together. So, and I, my hat's off to them and they know who they are, but, you know, and they did an amazing job communicating everyone, communications, every single one, every single, every single person. But again, you know, this was a, a perfect night for those 20,000 people that were in attendance say, fantastic night, hilarious seek outs. I bought my $90 Seacows uh, jersey with, with love, and we won. And we're, on, we're top seed, right? And unfortunately, it didn't pan out that way. And I think that's why people left frustrated. And I would hate to see the same frustration building up of what happened in 2017 and people leaving at halftime. You know what I mean? Because I, yeah. I lived that. I, I, I mean, lived that, that. That was the thing for me. Like, I was, I got to admit, the second half, I was kind of like half watching because it was just, it was one of those where nothing was happening. And I think there's a lot of people in the stadium who get to that point. It just kind of felt like one of those games where we're not, no matter what we do, we're, we just can't score. And the amount of people that I saw leaving early from the stadium and the look of just like, disappointment and like boredom and sort of just like oh this is happening again sort of thing on their face was 
very evident. And I think that's what we're talking about, about the, the Wilfs have made it very obvious that they want to bring back the excitement, right? They want to do a lot of things to try and get fans in the stadium. But they can only do so much on the field. We have to win at home to get those goals, to create that excitement, to create that buzz, to bring the people back. So you have all the effort of getting those, you know, 20,000 people up there for a big Saturday game. You got to score the goals. You got to create the excitement so that they're into it. And then they want to come back next time. And there's just too many people on a Saturday leaving thinking, well, why do I want to come back to this? That was just really not entertaining and just not no i totally agree and um you know we we'll read some comments here and then we'll continue mr j Santos seven which uh, thank you so much my friend the team needs the captain's confidence in passing and trusting each other runs are being made without the system i totally agree with you um i wasn't saying the water boy will be the manager but i would have faith in the coach changing and improving but go off lewis <laughs> No, 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 I mean, I mean, you're everyone's entitled to 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 their opinion. I'm entitled to mine as well, um, and I, I will say that you know, to me, it's a rush decision. I mean, I, okay, we let go Oscar. I mean, we we got to have a, a B plan, right? We got, I mean, and and um, we had to have a B plan, and and if, I'm sure front office Oscar process doesn't even know front office if, if they're thinking of doing that, they already probably already have a couple of people. Who knows, right? Now, am I going to say this and put it on Twitter? No. But, you know, maybe. You, you never know. But what I'm trying to say is, you know, there has to – we got to be responsible, you know, because we still have Minnesota, D.C. We have two home games. We have one against Montreal in Montreal. It's going to be a tough game against Montreal. Always tough against Orlando City, especially at their home. Vous parlez français. You know, imagine that. And then and then you're going to come back. You're going to go to Columbus, play against uh, Celarayan and people. And then you're going to come back to Orlando, May 17th. And then you're going to play NYCFC, a team that's been completely disbanded, right? But they still have some dynamic players uh, uh, up front, like Tales Magno and things like that. And then you're going to have Inter-Miami in Miami. So the road and the and the way doesn't get any easier for Orlando either. So one manager wants the hot potato. It has to be a manager that's mentally like ready here. That's why I'm saying it has to be a seasoned manager. Somebody that's gonna take a team and they have to find someone that is just ready to go. Um and I don't know if they're gonna have the time to find one. That's just my opinion. I mean, I think, like I said, they should have a list of people already. But also, it's those those people are probably in jobs already, or you know, there are a lot of coaches out there on the market. But it just depends when you pull the trigger as to say you're going to make the move. Who is available at that time, right? You might have a whole list of people who are available, but when you actually want to make the move, then they're not available. So. There's a lot of things at play. I think the biggest thing is that they would have had an original game plan for the season and, you know, um, objectives that Oscar needed to meet. So I think from a perspective of, you know, we're going to get rid of you. It's like, if you don't hit these objectives, then we're going to move on and find another coach. So they might say, okay, we're going to give you the whole season to hit, try and hit certain objectives. 
or they might just be saying, okay, you're halfway through the season and we want to make a change now because it's clear to us that you're not going to get there at the end of the season. It's hard to say. Nobody knows what they're thinking. Um, and until that happens, then we can start speculating who's going to be the manager next. I hope, like I said, that they're not just going to get rid of Oscar and, and start shopping around while we wait to figure things out. I'd say you don't get rid of him until you've got somebody lined up that he's, uh, you know, better. Right. Uh, Citrus FC, soccer is a complex sport. One plus one doesn't equal two necessarily. I agree. You know, and that's a problem, too, with our fan base. I mean, I'm like Torres plus Ojeda doesn't equal more goals. Is that what but you're why? Saying? But why? John, that, you know, it should I pay do, my money. But clearly right now it doesn't. So there you go. But, but, but why, John? I pay my money. I pay it, man. You know, uh, you see what I'm saying? Like it, 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 he's completely right. It, it doesn't, it doesn't equal two. I mean, I see. I mean, I've, and again, I could say I've seen soccer for since I'm. <laughs> I can say I've seen soccer for <laughs> 38 years, right? I will never say that, guys. By the way, I will never. You know, no one, no one knows more than anyone else. But all I'm saying is, everyone. I think the common denominator here is the love for Orlando City and, and the love for Orlando as a city, right? So I think we all want Orlando to do great. And I think as a fellow Orlandoan, a Central Floridian, I've ate up the magic. I've ate up the solar bears. I, I've ate up the, the freaking predators, Right, uh, and Orlando City has been the best thing that has happened to the city for the longest time. So I totally understand why the frustration, and uh, I believe, let me believe, of the ho hopefully a turnaround. You know, coming up in Minnesota, uh, we're facing a manager that you know is a uh, Orlando City original, right? Orlando City original, somebody that you know closely too. So. What do we have uh, to expect against Minnesota coming up, uh, John? I mean, I think you expect a very well-drilled defensive <laughs> team. I mean, that's yeah. for sure. Like, Adrian's all about his yeah. shape, you know. And uh, they've they've lost Reynoso yep. this season for all of that craziness that happened there. So, they are doing very well. They haven't lost yet, I think, right? I believe they're unbeaten so far. They're up at fourth in the West. You know, it's going to be tough. I think they're... Yeah, they're fourth gonna, in the West. We're going to go there and try and do something, but they could easily just keep us out the whole game with uh, with their defensive prowess. Uh, you know, like, that's very that's a very real possibility based on the fact that we have real problems scoring goals, and they're very good at defending. So, yeah. Um, but then the same thing could be said for Philly. The difference being, you know, with Philly week, it was a bit of more chaos in there that everybody was missing starters on both teams. Whereas this is going to be, you know, a full Minnesota team with two weeks rest who's in form who hasn't lost yet. So much more, you know, even more of a challenge to go away and get a yeah. win. But as Oscar's shown, that doesn't mean anything. Like we could go and get a win. Totally. So we could get two goals better, in, in yeah. 20 minutes. <laughs> right. We're, we're better away from home than at home. So, you know, take everything I just said and throw it out of the window because it doesn't matter and we're going to score two goals and win 2-1, you know. But I think it will be a challenge and they will sit uh, defensively 
solid and you know make it very difficult for us and i think we struggle to score so that will be the main story of that game i think like they'll win one nil probably yeah they just come from beating the the darling of the mls the 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 undefeated the brock lesnar of the mls at the moment st louis right and they beat them by a pk so imagine how pissed st louis fans were but uh, they try to out hustle the ultimate hustler in you know a team of Adrian. <laughs> Adrian's like, you guys are trying to like reinvent hard work. He's like, I've been out here teaching teams yeah, how to like, really right? work hard and get the most out of like an average squad. To I played. That's I how played. We won USL championships, you know. So he's yeah. like, I, I think we know how to deal with this, and he showed St. Louis. You know? Yeah, I remember the. Um, the I refuse to call them city. I feel like that's you know you can't just claim the word city. That's not fair. Yeah, the first, the first, uh, <laughs> the first squad that Inchi had in Orlando was was crazy. Uh, did they have like a Cuban guy? I forgot. I think it was like a. Oh yeah, Jordani Alvarez. Jordani Alvarez, right? Great yeah. player, man. He just sadly had to end his career early, but yeah. he's still a coach. He's still around in Orlando. Yeah. O- OG people will remember Jordani Alvarez. Yeah, Jordani Alvarez. Yeah. So I mean they have they have a pretty good team. Uh, they have uh, Luis Amarilla, obviously he's their DP. Uh, William Trapp, uh, phenomenal game against St. Louis. Ate the midfield. Arriaga also did really really well. And then um, the center back Boxel from New Zealand. He's the um, the pretty much the general. He's the Jensen of of Minnesota. And Boxel, he I've seen him play against uh, Peru um, national team. Uh, he's a very physical player, and he knows um, where to get you. Kind of like Zimmerman. So I will recommend for 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 that game. Maybe we give the, the uh, Dagger Dan for sure, uh, and maybe uh, have Duncan McGuire. You know, uh, his I think it'd be a a good idea. You know, uh, what if we see a, a hat trick from Duncan? I think John will 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 go. He he'll go and spend uh, money on a on a jersey with Duncan on the back. I'm sure. Yeah, I mean that uh, that would be great. I'd love that. He's he's one that I think is ready to really start firing in. What I liked about him when he came on in this game, he's he's so he's so determined to like change things. You see, like the level of enthusiasm that he has like he came on and there was a point i was watching where he lost the ball in the second half and he ran like all the way back and was basically making a tackle next to schlegel to win the ball back because he lost it at the end of the field we need more of that right that that's something that enrique as good as he's looking doesn't do like he's not doing the defensive work that mcguire is doing from the front oh that's right that's right um I think Maguire will be great to see him against Minnesota. But again, let's read some more comments. It says Peyton Manning says, Saludos, muchachos. How you doing, guys? Uh, Orlando City to the death. Uh, Hello from Lima, Peru. (laughs) Oh my God, really? Orlando City fans in Lima, Peru? That's crazy. Uh, how you doing, my friend? I, so I'm not the only one. All right. There you Look, go. they got an Orlando City logo in purple, too. See yeah. No, it's, no, it's, it's is not. Is that a lion? Is that no, us? Am I just imagining? Like, okay, this is a prank that this, yeah, I think he's just being a jokester. Look, oh, this, okay. like this, this is a mall in Peru. 
and uh, they have a lion. And it, yeah, purple it, lion. Yeah, yeah, it look it looks it looks like uh oh wow, it looks like it looks like Orlando's logo. But that's that's funny. But anyways, uh you know, then we took another L, guys. You know, aside of that, we took another L real quick just to brush up um the pride. Right? Uh that that was another L, a tough one to swallow too. Um at the death pretty much against Angel City. You were there at the game, John. What were your thoughts real quick regarding the game? I thought there was definitely some encouraging signs for the Pride. You know, I yeah. think that... Um, it's a lot of improvement. There is definitely some improvement. I think we can see there were some attacking plays where we looked really dangerous. I think Bright, um, who came on, there was an early injury in the 23rd minute. And Messiah Bright came on and looked really, really strong up front and ended up getting the goal in the second half to make it an equalizer. Uh, and then sadly, right at the end of the game, uh, Orlando Pride sadly threw it away with a defensive error in the like 94th, it must have been 98th minute at that point, Luis. Like it was, it was actually 90 plus 10 when they scored. And we had eight minutes. So this was in the two extra minutes added into the eight minutes of original extra time that they got a uh, goal of the near post, um, which I think was really disappointing and just sort of ended, you know, what would have been a nice draw for them uh, based on, you know, trying to build some momentum this season and, uh, and pick up things after that disappointing four nil home, not home, sorry, away opener to uh, Portland. All in yeah. all, there's definitely some encouraging signs for them. Yeah, uh, a lot of improvement for the Orlando Pride. Um, I think uh, it, it, it was really heartbreaking, uh, that last play at the death and that goal for, for Angel City and that sealed their win. But, uh, you know, uh, I want to say uh, 4,000 people in attendance. I think we got to, you know, it would be nice to see more people uh, definitely to support the Pride. I encourage everyone to go see a game. And uh, I think um, defensively, uh, Madrill, you know, she she had that PK. Um, I mean, you could say that she could have maybe done a, a little better, you know, trying to recoup that ball. Uh, that was pretty blatant, but um, then again, I mean, defensively, Angel City wasn't really generating any attacking place until maybe the that PK. So, you know, like, yeah, that was a it, it was both both Madrill and Morehouse. They yeah, like Madrill's like she's gonna come out, she's got to claim yeah. that ball, and she's got to yeah. commit to it. And Madrill let them. She got past her, and then she you know, you can't. You can't come in from behind in the box on the striker and not expect a PK. Like it's gonna ha- even if you get the ball, you're gonna give a PK. It's just when the, the you know the referee sees that action, they're gonna give a PK. So that that wasn't the smartest move um, and didn't set them up for you know an easy comeback. But they did come back and they were looking really good in that second half until. You know, and we had all that extra time. The extra time was looking like it was going to benefit the pride, and we were having lots of chances in that extra time. And then it sort of swung back the other way, and then they had a couple of corners, and that, that final corner was what went in. And it was just sort of a real bummer to the end of what what could have been a nice draw for them. Well, and the pride uh, after the loss uh, today, they announced the signing of uh, 
18-year-old Canadian international Amanda Allen. Uh, she's joining through a three-year deal through the 2025th season. Um, and it's a Canadian international, definitely a, um, um, like a diamond in the rough, I'll say. So this pride I team mean, is... 18 years old and you're in the national team, you got to yeah. be doing something right. That's right. So uh, you know, some people say she's a prodigy. Hopefully she's able to live up to the expectations of the pride once and uh, able to definitely be the face of of the franchise you know um and i think that's a little bit what's missing too uh marketing wise uh for the pride you know and a dynamic attacking midfield that's, that's really what they need you know i kind of noticed that it was a little bit um messiah bright and looked a little bit alone up there on her own on an island sometimes yeah uh so i think they need someone who can you know maybe get a bit closer and play more of like an attacking midfield or maybe a winger you know creative role to help them that's right so i wanted to thank everyone for being uh, live with us if you're listening to this thank you so much for your support we'll be back next week uh with more orlando city uh news i want to kind of give a final go ahead yeah a final thing Luis, for all the people talking about you know the twitter sphere and you know the big picture of what's going on yeah sure everybody's so divided it's like there's sort of there's all these you know happy out people which i think from oh, their yeah. point of view you know they they want to change like they've seen enough of, of happy bowl and they're sort of like had enough of all of that and i understand that and i understand where they're <laughs> coming from um and then i think on the other side is a lot of people who are saying you know give the team time to gel and like you know it, which i i don't think is an excuse anymore i think we kind of passed that point um and they're just they're, other people are preaching you know rationality and patience and i think that's also good and you know they're saying remember last year we won the open cup with oscar like it's you know everyone like you can kind of think look at this from a, a level head uh, i think really what it is is that oscar has, has gotta like he's gotta figure out what he wants to do and i think now is the time for him to make changes and he's got to do something different right we have to see a different tactic from him a different game plan from him um and i think if that doesn't happen and if these can results continue then that's going to play more into the happy out people's hands and if he does make a change and results pick up then you know all of this could be gone in like four you know two or three months right we could it could be all oh, the idea of getting rid of him was ridiculous we're on yeah, the next game right the right? next game the next the next few games we we, we could see People like really being completely silenced. Yeah, I mean that's like the Philly situation, right? Like we see how quickly it can change on a dime. So I think I think really this is a turning point for Oscar and a turning point for Orlando City in the sense that not not just the results have to change. I think the gameplay has to change. Like I think we need to see more entertaining soccer at home, and that's the most important thing. He can go and lose away, and, and we're not going to be that fussed, right? But if the results don't come at home, then I think something will change. And so he, it's on him to change the tactics, change the formation, change the way we play, do what you need to do to get this team firing and to get home wins and to get goals at home. Like we, we need to see entertaining soccer. So Oscar, you need to make that change. You need to make that happen. If you don't do that, you know, I think it's going to get worse. So that's where I think we're at in a sort of bigger picture situation. And I think a lot of the 
you know, quick people on, in, you know, on Twitter and everything are quick to jump to saying Oscar out. Have a little bit of patience. Wait till the summer. Let's see where we're all there. And if the results are still, you know, inconsistent and we're getting more losses than wins and the summer's here, I think, you know, you guys can shout even louder and maybe something will be done in the summer. Maybe it won't happen till the end of the season. We don't know. But, you know, just have a little bit of patience. Give it a bit more time. We understand everybody's frustrated, but it doesn't help, um, you know, just constantly saying get rid of the manager, especially when it hasn't been that bad. We've had two losses. Yes, they're home. Yes, they're against, you know, yeah, no, they're, they're that great yeah. results, but we're not bottom of the table, right? Yeah. You know, you don't, you don't see the other teams at the bottom of the table screaming to get rid of their manager as hard as we are. So I think, I think, just a little bit of rationality and a little bit of level-headedness <laughs> could go a long way. I, 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 you let's couldn't let's review me. again in like, you know, in the summer and in two or three months, and then, and then we can you know, discuss. Okay, maybe it's really not working. Let's move I, elsewhere, or it might be working. We don't know. But you know, two months into the season, yes, it hasn't been the greatest start, but we can't just throw everything away immediately. Like, let's let's see where we are in the future. You know, I want to say something. Um, this is a platform for, and first and foremost, I, I want to say that John is completely right. Uh, and I wholeheartedly agree with his statement. Um, I feel exactly the same way. Uh, I, I do want to say that this platform, which is uh, Loud and Proud Orlando, when I first introduced the, the brand, I want to tell everyone that's listening and watching that we want to be a positive influence to the community. And uh, that to me was huge. And, um, and and as you guys can see, we don't really we we can say things that we analyze the game, we give our insight, we give our, our opinion, but we are not here to create buzz or hype over personal matters or 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 get upset over personal attacks or 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 bring my Twitter drama into my show and just air it all out in front of John and Paula had nothing to do with this. Uh, we're not here to, we're here to be a positive influence to the community. So maybe when you are working, picking up your kid, you can listen to us. Uh, when you're going to Publix, you know, getting some, <laughs> some run, you can listen to half of the show. You know, we want to definitely uh, be, a positive influence to the community. Now, with that being said, there's no wrong or right side. Uh, I, I believe that everyone's entitled to their opinion, but also we have to measure and understand uh, how we're reacting to things, right? And uh, I do believe that as a as a fan base, we are still in diapers uh, when it comes to. <laughs> I mean, the season just started. I mean, when when I tell this to the international community about why Orlando fans sometimes are this way. Uh, they're like, oh, but isn't the league just started and you just lost two games? Like, yeah, but they're at home. Oh, but that happens all the time. I was like, yeah, but it's different over there. I was like, you know, they take it very to heart, which, you know, I'm not trying to downplay it at all. It, it, it is, it is, the errors are there, plain view. But we're here to be a positive influence to the community. We're here to, to definitely uh, set, set, set us apart, have fun, smile, you know, sometimes, you know, 
throw, you know, sometimes not agree with everything, but uh, we're here to definitely, we're here for the love of Orlando City and Orlando Pride and OCB, and we're here to, to definitely uh, support the decisions, too, of, 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 of the front office, too, in, in a way, right? So, I mean, we're here to discuss some of, the, some of the decisions of the front office that we may not agree, right? I may not agree. John may not agree. Paula may not agree. But there are some decisions that the front office has made that have been great decisions. Facundo Torres, uh, Pedro Galeza's renewal, you know, uh, the great work they've done with the academy. I mean, you know, uh, every other week there's a new player shining in the academy. You know, Zachary Campagnolo. You have, you know, so many players, to name a few. So there are, there's a lot of good and a lot of positive, you know, uh, happening in the club. Um, and it's just sometimes that, you know, don't get fed by the cloud, guys. Don't, 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 don't give in in the cloud. Don't give in into that. And we're not going to give in into that. So we welcome everyone here to come and say their piece. Read all your comments. We're not here to pick sides or like, oh, puppy out, puppy in. We're here to just to analyze and talk football, talk soccer. We're not here to cause any drama whatsoever. So if you see me walking, you know, uh, out at Explorio, you see John or you see Paula, say hello. You know, I'll go and stop, say hello, shake your hand. I haven't, you know, I'm, we're, we're completely fine <laughs> on that regard. And we're not, you're not going to hear from us. Oh, you know, you're not hear destruction from us, guys. You're going to hear creation. You're going to hear ideas, you know, brainstorming. How can we fix the situation? How can we move on? If you look at the biggest clubs in the world, Premier League clubs, English League uh, clubs, um, you know, you have uh, clubs in South America, win or lose, the fans are there. To give you an example, that crest right there you guys see in the back is from Alianza Lima. It's my Peruvian team, okay? Now, I've never talked about it, but I'm going to mention it today. They have the worst record internationally in Copa Libertadores. They've lost. They have not won a game in Copa Libertadores. <laughs> 29 matches without winning, right? But I still have the crest out there. I, I still, I still, so I still support and i still yeah i eat the the static noise and, and the and the banter and the jokes that people throw at me because it's part of the folklore of soccer just part of it just part of the folklore of soccer but you know uh that doesn't mean that i'm just gonna say hey i'm no longer an orlando fan i'm no longer gonna go to the stadium i'm no longer gonna support i'm no longer be a, an active uh, season ticket holder and just throw it all away and go no, I, I, I believe that we need to be better than that. Because I've heard a lot of, not, not from the people in this chat, but from other people out, you know, oh, I'm not renewing, or oh, I'm, I'm quitting, or oh, I'm going to support Inter Miami. I saw a guy with an Inter Miami jersey at the Orlando game, uh, at the Orlando City game against Nashville. He took his Orlando shirt out, and he had an, a, a, a Miami jersey. No joke. He went to the elevator with me. I was coming out of the press box. So things like that are not good. So it's contraproducive to, to, to the culture of the club, in my opinion. Uh, but uh, we'll end like that, guys. We're going to read some comments real quick, and then we'll, we'll close. Nij Thompson, Pareja has, been, has taken this club as high as he can. It's clear. There you go. Uh, Minnesota played just like Nashville, by the way. Don't be shocked if it's basically a repeat of the weekend. Oh, there you go. 
Good analysis. Well, it could be. Or we could win. Yeah, I mean, I, it's, uh, that's a valid point. But then also, I would say counter argument to go on away at Philly, right? Anything can happen. So we don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, we could definitely win. We can go into a run. Three, three, home, three, three, uh, four game run ready for, for Inter Miami. What, what, what if I said to you, we'll, you know, we'll make the playoffs, but it'll only be with away wins. Do, would you take that? Would you, do you want that? <laughs> Is that something you're interested in? Right. Right. So, but anyways, uh, I wanted to go ahead and thank everyone that was live today with us. Um, thank you for your support. And again, you know, we want everyone to just unite behind Orlando city and uh, Orlando pride and OCB support the club. And uh, if anything else, John, vamos Orlando. Take care. Nos vemos next week. Hi, this is Luis Carlos Pineda from Loud and Proud Orlando. I want to thank you for listening to us through Anchor, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Help us grow our purple community by following us on all our social media outlets. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. We're also available on YouTube as Loud and Proud Orlando. We're available on Instagram as Pineda underscore ORL. We're available on Facebook as Loud and Proud Orlando and on Twitter as LPO underscore podcast. Thank you so much for listening and vamos Orlando!